Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. You'll recognise it's not the voice of Boyd Hilton. He's off doing something showbiz, which means I'm taking the hosting seat this week. I'm joined by Ricky Lawrence. Evening. You're here to step up as sidekick. You, you feeling the pressure? Oh, I am. I am. Filling your shoes. Much like Arsenal in the tie race, feeling the pressure, arguably. Alex Brooker, TV Alex Brooker is with mate, us. You're right. I'd prefer it without Boyd here. He can have his... <laughs> He can have his NTAs and whatnot. Well, I wasn't going to bring it up. I'm just bitter because right. our show's not been nominated. Okay. I should have been there, but instead I've got to do this shit. <laughs> Everyone's boycotting the NTAs this year. Alex Brooker's not there. There's no point being there. You, you, you rejected your invite, Gareth, didn't you? That's Gareth snubs. Bear Parker. It was a very public snub, yeah. I, uh, not into it. Not my thing. Have we discussed why you are the bear recently? I don't remember. Um... No, I don't think we have. I've not been on for a while, so we haven't discussed. Okay, can we, can we just anything, recap why really? you are Gareth the Bear Park? Um, than... I think it was purely uh, the hairiness, the hirsute nature of my appearance. Who uh, named you the Bear? Boyd, which was a little creepy to be honest, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I just went with it at that point. Just it was a privilege to be on the show, uh, and then it got uh, to be a thing, and then um, the Arsenal. Uh, boys got a little bit offended by it because there was another bear who passed away and he was part of the Arsenal crew and they rejected uh, my uh, appointed moniker, which wasn't self-appointed. Um, I'm right. fine to park it and leave it. Um, I'm more than just a beard. That's what I want to be known as, I think, more than just a beard. And I've not really ever seen your massively tattooed arms before. Yeah, Let's I hope my mum's not listening to this. <laughs> she she of course she knows. She knows. She just doesn't approve. Um, so I'm more than just a beard and tattoos. I'll have to get a um, picture of that up on the, uh, on, the on the Twitter feed. It's a good beard though, mate. Thanks. I was trying to grow a beard and then I messed it up one day trimming it. So I had to get rid of the old lot and start again. That's where. How I many weeks moment. worth is this at the moment? This is what? About... Three, two weeks, two weeks. It's what people two call two designer. Weeks. I've never known. Why is it designer stubble? Like designer is that like like an des- Armani vibe? I going don't know. On? Every time I take the the, uh, the trimmer to it to try and design it, it just all goes tits up. So there you go. What there a start go. to the podcast. Well, anyway, Big and, and just to say, Ricky, <laughs> um, you've got barely a day's worth yeah, of stubble there yeah, going it's on. Pretty much barely a day. Very <laughs> well. Well, look, we should we should talk about obviously the game at Stoke, the one game since our last podcast. Alex went. I don't. You didn't go. No, I didn't go. No. I didn't go. Um, 
Theo Walcott's 10 years at Arsenal today, I believe. Did Theo Walcott go? Sorry, that was... We're talking about injured players coming back. Emmanuel Bouet wanting a return to Arsenal. We'll look ahead to Chelsea on Sunday. And also Nacho Monreal got a new contract this week, which I should mention. But listen, let's start at Stoke. Alex, you went... Yeah, it was good. I didn't see. I'd heard a lot of bad things about Stoke, a lot of bad things, and I went there with some real trepidation. But I, actually, it wasn't as bad as what I thought. It was in what aspects? The, the place, the local. Oh, no, I mean, it was just. I think we were kept apart. Really, like they bust us in from the students' union. You get a pint. I had a pint of snake bite before the game. <laughs> I mean, that's why I had such a great time. <laughs> so you got a bus from the students' union. From the students' union, where like all the like was designated away bar right near the station straight to the ground and the only thing is stupid is them keeping us in afterwards but it was a great atmosphere it's up there with the best atmospheres I've seen because they are loud yeah Stoke are loud but I didn't even notice I wasn't in I thought it'd be this really hostile atmosphere and it wasn't that bad a lot got made of the chance against Ramsey I, Could you I feel it? Didn't hear it. Really? Not, and no, there's no way. Like and Peter Coates. Peter Coates didn't hear it either. No, I, mean, I but, found that strange that he yeah. didn't hear it. But then I also listened. I heard it. Did he hear it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, <laughs> on the, um, the Guardian podcast, Amy Lawrence said that she'd barely heard it as well. So maybe uh, you could hear things on TV, but obviously. Yes, yeah, other podcasts are available. <laughs> but you always get the odd. Yeah. You always, I think with these things, you always get the odd knobhead, didn't you? Yeah, so, every, cl- every club's got it. There's a, a big thing that I saw this week about. Us nicking the Meza Erzl chant from, from West, West Ham. Ham. Oh my goodness. So you're, you should, I want you to sing the song for us because I heard it at Anfield when I was up there for our, our three or draw. But it wasn't you know, getting much response. Do you know what? I was just thinking about it in the toilet and now you said it, it's gone out my head. Oh my God. It's gone out my head. Oh, oh, I've, I've been singing it. Go on. You. No, no, no. I, I, I think I, it's I, got Ozil. Meza Ozil. I just don't think you understand. understand. He's awesome. Wenger's mad. mad. He's, He's better than Zidane. We've then, got Meza Ozil. I think it kind of trails off at the end of it. Goes, of it it, like, it goes loops. again. But it was because they sing it about Dimitri Payet. But, it's, think, but then everyone's... But then yeah. I remember the first time I heard that tune was, I think, the Cardiff fans... Aware yes, Anfield. Don't sack McCoy. Don't sack yes. McCoy. Malky McCoy. Exactly. I assume that West Ham well. fans aren't going to any karaoke bars anymore because they don't like singing other people's songs. <laughs> so that's that's them done then. You know, the, the West Ham fans boycotting voice. Five or six melodies, different lyrics, different clubs. Yeah. Um, it's a yeah. bit like when you get two... Pro- now, the, the Ramsey chants, are, they are abhorrent. We all know that. But then at the same time... It, we were saying earlier on every club has a certain section of fans like yeah. we, we can't be too pious when we get sort of I hear and see anti-Semitic stuff for yeah. Arsenal still yeah. I see and hear things that make my skin crawl and actually to be honest I'd probably cross the road to avoid more Arsenal fans than fans of any other club because some of those ignorant fuckers have think they've got something in common with me so yeah. that's more than <laughs> more than anything else so the bus on the way in I was thinking as soon as he passed Stoke fans it's going to kick off it as soon as he stops on traffic lights just a load of Stoke fans like just all minding their own business banging on the on the walls when it from the bus gobbing off at them so it's just we're, we're no it better like or worse European than anyone else and if we kept behind as well I've never been to the buses it was just ridiculous did you get bus back to the student union did you get another snake snake on the way I went in the in the subway that was our that was our post-match celebration. 
And then the train back, or you drive? The train back, yeah. Easy, train back was fair. good. I fell asleep on a girl next to me. And it, was, well, it was awful. I just kicked. At the game? No, just at, no, on the train the back. Final, on the, the FA train Cup final, because the yeah, I have fallen asleep. No, I was fully awake during the game, but I did have a little tumble up some steps at the Britannia because I'd had a couple. <laughs> and it was quite embarrassing. Well, he's very cheap in the, in the student union. But the thing is, though, the good thing with me with these things is people will recognise me and they'll be like, hey, they're both from Tilly, he's just fallen over. Oh, he's got the prosthetic leg, hasn't he? <laughs> Shit. And you see the thought process go. I also got my own chant as well because we were stood outside the students' union and I was sweating and someone started singing his sweats when it snows because <laughs> it was freezing. And I just, yeah. Is that going to stick? No, I don't think nice. Alex Brookie sweats when it snows. Well, we the West Ham fans will claim they've had that one as well. Yeah, well, we can see. It's what, a bit too specific. Really, isn't on it? Sunday, head of Chelsea, <laughs> he, sweat, he sweats in the snow. It might, it might catch on. But what the did you make of the game? I, I thought we, you know, I thought we had chances. I didn't think we were. I didn't think Stoke were what they have been when we've gone up there before. I actually thought they were more there for the taking than, than before. Um, I thought we had some some decent chances. I mean, Butler made a couple of decent saves, didn't they? And they had chances themselves. But I just... We weren't quite... We didn't have quite enough conviction. I don't know whether that's because Ozil wasn't there or what. Well, no, Ozil or Sanchez. So you say we, we, in a way, we, we went top of the league with a point without our best two players, Gareth. So it's, it's not all dreaming. Or did you end up feeling it's two points lost or it's still a point gained? No, I, I think the, the two games in a week where we got a point out of both and left me feeling quite, yeah, two different, very contrasting emotions. The Liverpool one, for obvious reasons, felt like we'd lost three points there, although on the balance of play, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This one, I went into it and when I saw the team sheet, I was like, oh. But then at the same time, um, as some rather ignorant journalists have pointed out, why Ozil missed the game was he didn't fancy it much and he had a tiny foot injury. Uh, or alternatively, he's not one of these English players that give me an injection or play through anything and it will ruin my long-term career uh, type. So yeah, he, he's yeah. just a bright footballer that knows and we're, we're a club that will facilitate that. Um, so yeah, at the end of the game, it was... I think satisfaction. I don't think that anything really, there were that, that many alarm bells ringing. The one big one, and it's the one that's been ringing since Cochrane got injured, is my God, do opposition midfields get a lot of space? And I think that um, the, the Ramsey Flamini axis is not working. And, and, and some team, possibly, hopefully, not the team we're going to face next, might exploit that um, yeah. because, because there's a, a lot of space there. And I think that had Stoke been more on it, that we could have had a few more problems as well. Were you disappointed how many didn't play? What do you think, Ricky? I think it would have been pretty uh, throw, throwing him into the, the lion's den if he'd have. But to come on, I thought it might, why not come on? I mean, but what would he? I, I, I don't no, think come we were on, looking... get, get him, get him. But he hasn't played, has he? Yeah, he hasn't. He's, he's been, been, a, yeah, he's been a winter break. break yeah, so on the Apparently. bench. I just thought when he brought Callum Chambers on with five minutes left to wait, I just thought why, why not? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, th- like I, th- I think it was. I think it would have been. I don't know quite, what I mean, Chambers really does when he comes on. Oh no! Well, there's a few substitutes that come on. I'm not quite sure. He has height. He does add about height. I think that was where we were going with that. Maybe, know. maybe just, maybe yeah. just. Think, I, don't, I don't think Wenger saw the three points there, and I think he'd rather not. It felt like lose it, the one. it felt like we yeah. take the one. By the well, I think, I think in well, Wenger's interview after that game, I don't know if you saw it, but I think he looked more than happy with the one point. Yeah, um, he, he seemed, really he seemed in good spirits. Um, I think, but even after the Liverpool game, he seemed. Yeah, absolutely. considering you've just let in a goal right at the end, he seemed relatively. Yeah, positive. actually, um, I funnily enough, I listened to last week's podcast after this Sunday, so when. 
you were discussing how we might get four points. I was sitting there thinking, well, no, we haven't got four points. But uh, I, I disagreed with um, with the fact that I, I often think that the press conference or the post-match interview is more for the fans and less so for the players. And funny enough, Mark Pugac, who should know a lot more than me, said the opposite. Because I think if Wenger comes out and he's in good spirits, it's more so for the fans to think, OK, it's not so bad. And what he says to the players is often a completely different story. When he comes and protects the players and says, oh, well, you know, we, it was the referee's foot, it was the referee's foot, we like to hope he's not going into the dressing room saying, don't worry, guys. You know, we may have lost 3-0, but it was the referee's fault. You like to think what he's actually saying to the players is something completely different, if, of course, it is a poor performance. What do you think, Alex? Is it for the fans or for the players? I don't know. I just, I just, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I always go straight on trying to have like, a read of his quotes afterwards. So, but I think I'm always looking at it, and I'm thinking, kind of looking at him to dig some people out sometimes. I, I kind he of never find does. That he never will. But there's always a part of me who just... For, I don't know. I'm kind of looking for the what. What's the excuse? I very rarely he, he, read the quotes after we've won well. I think he. I mean, after Liverpool, I was surprised by Giroud had a fantastic game and is often kind of a scapegoat for the fans talking about the fans' reaction. Yeah, and he criticised not explicitly but implicitly two or three players. Yeah, and yeah. he might as well have picked out Giroud and Oxley Chamberlain as the two. Oxley Chamberlain ran really down felt for, like yeah, Oxley. For, for yeah. having the for, for, for poor decision making and. That actually, if that filters through to the players, would have more of a damaging effect. It's, it's definitely for the fans, I think. It's a media yeah. interview. It's yeah. not a player's interview. No. no, I suppose you're right. There was, there was a comment after the Stoke game where he praised Czech. And so whenever he has a slightly less impressive game, he always comes back the next game, which did infer maybe he felt he could have done slightly better with one yeah. of the goals. So at backhand compliment. Yeah, yeah, it was like, a, I don't know if people picked up on it, but he definitely mentioned something. Either way, what Sunday has done now is it's just... The two draws have just put more pressure on the Chelsea game. Yeah. Because yeah. anything, ex- anything less than a win, and I just think, three points from those. I don't know. You look at it and you think, you take five points from those three games, you probably yeah. will probably stay on top. To me, that, and I've looked at the fixtures, certainly our home games that we've got, the next run of home games, is really, you know, it's not, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we should be winning all of those. Yeah. We've, so, got, we've got nine home games left. Yeah. Seven away. And I think that, you know, the, the home games are all extremely winnable. And I, I just look at it and I think, if somebody had said to you, right, you know, come the end of January, we're top of the league, and our last three games, we've gone away to Liverpool and Stoke, play Chelsea at home, and we're still top. Yeah. You're well, not going to moan. The, the run of games thing, isn't it? And, and I was chatting to a Spurs fan the other day, and he was talking about their run of games. Yeah. And that's it. In pockets of the season, you will have games which, theoretically, you won't pick up as many points you'd like. But actually, away at Anfield against a team under floodlights all the different things yeah. that are added up to create more yeah. of a, a home advantage we got, a good, we got a good point a frustrating point but a good point yep. Stoke is a horrible place we got a point mm-hmm. Chelsea is an interesting one because normally normally you go right we're going to Chelsea at home let's nick a win here that would be great but you're watching them going we're going to win this right? Yeah I mean Chelsea <laughs> fans seem to assume they're going to yeah. come and lose just the way they've been playing of late like, they seem so vulnerable at the back in previous the last two at the Emirates have been nil-nils and it's just always you wouldn't expect to score goal, but this year I mean they've just I'm just hopeless. still yeah. But the thing is with Chelsea's is no matter how crap they've played it's against Chelsea. everyone else, you know they'll turn up against us. And let's be honest, they're not that like the players they've no. got aren't crap. And you know that if you know they won the league last year, you would like they'll turn up. Although Costa, like, Costa's meant to be injured, isn't yes, it? I, think. Talk of him being I went. Injured. I went from meeting there talking about that, Alex. I went from meeting with Chelsea the other day, and I was walking around the stadium, and they're similar to us. They've got like big pictures of all the current players, and I was walking around going, well, "He's really good. He's really 
they've got some really good players. Uh, yeah. so it's just they're not working as a, as, a, as a team and clearly some players want out. And But they have. So it's right. They've got some very talented players that could turn up. However, if it was Mourinho still in charge, I would go, right, they'll come and it'll be a turgid nil-nil. I think there is a, an openness to them now which should play in our, into our hands. I think there is a few soft spots all over the pitch which hopefully the likes of Ozil and a returning Sanchez can yeah. exploit and ultimately they are more there for the taking than any Chelsea team and in the model I mean they won't be coming to the Emirates era. full of beans nope. they won't be thinking I tell you what we'll, we, can, we can really do a number on these like always it won't, I can't see it being that mentality but they just don't have the players, confidence there are those players probably like Fabrias and Terry who would love to get one over Arsenal and also against Czech the former teammate they wouldn't want to see him winning the title I kind of feel that I agree with you they want to turn up and they're still Chelsea yeah still we've still got there's no way I mean if we if we don't turn up we won't there's no way we'll win it's just simple as that so I, I think that we'll be alright though I'm actually yeah I think Erzin and Sanchez that's, that's a massive massive so who, who who drops out the team because that's the big question now as we it's get a, towards the end of the season and we're talking about Welbeck coming back and Wilshire coming back you were a bit critical earlier of Theo Walcott and his <laughs> performance yeah. or so what, what, he, who he is your team going into these last these last few weeks Ricky? I mean he definitely didn't sweat in the snow <laughs> no he didn't. Alex might have done but no. No, I mean, it's funny enough I got a, 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 a WhatsApp group where we just uh, with the people that I sit with um, the official row 27 chat block, block, block 103, 103 yeah um, row 27 and crew. we uh, yeah the crew and one of one of the guys in the group absolutely hates Walker I mean it's almost like a running joke and there's there's a you know, there's a whole discussion about it of who's going to play and I think four weeks ago you'd have said there's no way Joel Campbell will stay in the team then it was like Joel Campbell should start ahead of the Ox and now it's Joel Campbell should start ahead of Theo Walker if I had to pick the team tomorrow the, the front three behind Giroud would be Sanchez, Urzo, and Joel Campbell. And that I mean, sounds crazy. And Oxide Chamberlain hasn't exactly taught oh, no. trees, I mean, he? he hasn't really. He, oh, yeah. he is so woefully. I don't know whether it's short of com- I think he's probably just short of confidence, but. Oh, yeah. Massively. He's the opposite he's, of most modern footballers, because most modern footballers are as thick as horseshit um, and very football bright. He's a really bright guy, but his decision making on the pitch and his. Yeah his understanding of, of what's around him his awareness is getting worse and worse yeah. and yeah I think he does get maybe he has anxiety problems because the amount of times he tries too much yep. and you think dude like but is that pressure just, on him because he knows he doesn't get into the team like if everyone's fit so maybe yeah he's but then Ramsey does the same thing and he should be he should look at it at the moment and think yeah. well there's no chance I'm not getting in this team and he still tries to do some yeah. absolute he does st- he tries he tried to pass the other week against Newcastle at home which when he went to do it I generally thought this pass is physically it will defy the laws of physics if it fires <laughs> if it's Mesut Ozil you mean like, yeah. okay, this yeah. can work this will work and it makes him look worse when yeah. you watched Ozil because some of the stuff that Ramsey's trying I mean it's just and, and both I mean not oh god I'm going to sound like Michael Cox here but when you look at heat maps of players like Ramsey and you're thinking he's a centre mid isn't he like, and he's all over the place which is great if you've got that very strong fulcrum in the, in the midfield which Cockerland yeah. provides we don't have that at the moment in a way someone who is bright I get, feels a bit of Ramsey bashing it's, I haven't been on here a while and I used to be known for being quite anti-Ramsey on here and, doesn't like Ramsey um, but well no I, I just don't rate him highly and brilliantly yeah. I, one of my most when I was on the Twitters one of my most retweeted tweets was like Haha, look at this prick he's talking up Cochrane and talking down Ramsey and then funnily enough over the last sort of nine months that's di- that, that one's died down but literally people four years after the event would be still retweeting this tweet going oh, what a dick and I began four years ago mate if you genuinely can say four years ago Aaron Ramsey would have been in your starting 11 
And he stepped up and he did well. And now Alex is right. I think, again, he's trying too much. It's not working perfectly, but it's working. And I think that's thing. We almost are getting to a point where players are coming back from injury. Hopefully, touch fake wood, we are going to have um, a more balanced squad in the not-too-distant future where we'll have selection problems. Because at the moment, people are picking themselves. But yeah, the idea of on Sunday, oh, well, someone's going to have to drop out. Yeah, for me through gritted teeth it would be Walker I'm quite excited about seeing sort of a forward three or four if you include Urzel in the forward uh, trumpet or whatever of Giroud with Sanchez and Walcott playing off them at some point because it would scare a lot of teams but on form and on work rate and it's the work rate thing for me Joel Campbell is having to work harder because the central midfield isn't working so well Mm. Walcott does not do that Chamberlain does not do that so we need someone like Campbell in the team at the moment Campbell's energy just seems to be extraordinary but also what's been so pleasing is there was one through ball against Liverpool I think the one he played into Bellerin that went across to Giroud and somehow he missed but then also the one on Sunday where he Mm. slipped in Giroud was just Mm. Ozil-esque is that yeah. fair I mean I, I I don't think Joel Campbell is a brilliant player I, I, I like to think he shouldn't be we should have players better than Joel Campbell playing for Arsenal however whilst I agree Gareth that Walcott's work rate isn't good enough at the moment neither is his form he's not producing anything that you say well stick him ahead of Campbell if both, if both of them are as sort of on par in terms of performance if one of them's going to work hard and the other one's going to look at Wenger not necessarily look at Wenger as if he's bemused why he's coming off but is he didn't look particularly happy when he came off on Sunday and I don't know what you guys were doing watching the game but I was thinking too right you should be coming off you've yeah, done absolutely 100%. nothing for 70-75 minutes so I mean yeah I normally I put Walcott in ahead of Joel Campbell every day of the week but now it's still got this thing where he, he obviously just thinks well if we, you know if we've got somebody else and why can't I be playing up front you know why? Why aren't I playing up front, up top instead of Giroud? And Giroud gives us a, something different. And I don't know how. It's just sometimes, yeah, his form again out wide isn't. It's just not. It's not. He's not done it for a little while now. It would be classic Wenger to not play Giroud on Sunday and play Walcott yeah. through the centre yeah. to try and expose their kind of leggy uh, Terry centric defence, um, which he has done in the past against Chelsea with with some limited success. I mean, I, I'm a huge as anyone that knows me, a huge Olivier Giroud fan um, in many, many ways. Um, but And he does enable that play off him. But I think Walcott could have a, an impact on Sunday as well. I think that's the other thing. Walcott, probably more than any of our other players, bar Sanchez, has that explosive impact mm. on a game. Yeah. Can, or can have, yeah. has the capacity to. And that's why he's often in the side or at the forefront of our play because do you know what? He can do something that no one else can do. And I think similarly on Joel Campbell, he doesn't look like the sort of player that can ever do much. Okay, he's, I admit he's made some brilliant passes, but his shot on Sunday and previously his finishing does look very poor, which might make Wenger think, if he wasn't going to already, actually if I'm weighing up the two, who's more likely to bag a goal? And it's definitely Walker. Even in this form, Joel Campbell never looks likely to score. And I know he's got a couple against, say, Sunderland, but yeah. he, I can't see him scoring a goal out of nothing, which Walcott can do. Look at yeah. Man City. He's a limited player playing, Absolutely. Campbell's a limited player playing to his max. Absolutely. Walcott yeah. is a very, very talented player playing under. Yeah. We're talking about Walcott a lot. It's 10 years to the day, as I said, since he signed for Arsenal. Jesus. Which is just unbelievable when you really think about it. But then we forget, like, he went to the 2006 World Cup, didn't go to the 2010 World Cup, and I, they've got the stats here in the paper in front of me. James Olley's done the article in the Standard. So 2012-13 was his most prolific season. Played 43 games, 21 goals. But then it's the injuries that have always sort of blighted him since 18 games the following season and then 21. But this year, you know, injuries, he's been clear, but 24 games, but just five goals. 
And that is kind of the question mark against him. I mean, I know he's playing out on the right, but, you know, 5-24 and 24 is, is not a ratio that would, you know, overly excite... I, I is too much into the stats. If I was thinking, you know, I was because I couldn't believe until earlier it's been like 10 years since he's yeah. been here. What were you and doing I 10 years think, I, still think, I still think the same as I do now, though. I still think, oh, he's going to do something really good soon. And it's 10 years on. Yeah. And he's, he's shown it in glimpses. And I, I, I feel sorry for him with injuries, you know, but ultimately... I don't know. It, I think maybe as well, you know, with, with the England thing and people said that that might have affected his confidence. That was 10 years ago. Couldn't give a stuff about that now. You know, I went to the World Cup in 2014. I had no impact on it either. <laughs> so it may, it's by the by, isn't it? Whether Theo went to the World Cup and I don't know why people, people keep bringing that up. If he's still bothered about it now, then there's something wrong with him mentally. It is he won't care. I, I like, the thing, thing is I like, I like about Theo is, is that you know he's a, he's a good pro and he's not he's you know he's not going to be going out going he's into he's a good one. guy as well yeah right? he he's, is he's a... have you done stuff with the homeless cafe with I've, the... I've done stuff with Arsenal with him yeah. I've done stuff um, with when I was working with Bob as well um, and he's a yeah he's he is a very nice guy in fact I've had a conversation with him going, you're actually too nice a person to be a professional footballer because yeah. you do kind of contradict pretty much yeah, every rule in, in the book um, but at the same time I think he is a bright guy so similar to what I was saying a lot of our players, annoyingly, are intelligent footballers, and I mean intelligent human beings. Giroud is a bright guy and suffers from massive crisis of confidence because he overthinks stuff. What you want is a sociopath. You want John Terry, who is ignorant beyond belief and doesn't actually have any connection with the, with the everyday man because then you don't care what you do because it's just you're in your own bubble. Whereas Theo, I think, probably is affected by confidence more than others are but it's development as well that sort of stutter development when he was flying he was flying before he got the cruciate injury yeah, he, he was, was doing really really well and he wasn't playing through the middle this this I want to play up front it always annoys me we don't play 4-4-2 so it's not a centre forward those inside forward positions that Sanchez and Walcott play are almost nominally centre forward positions they're not a striker out and out but they are a centre forward they are an inside forward position so in which case he is getting 85% of what he wants it's just the fact that he's got to develop his game and he's got to develop his game alongside his teammates and his teammates have chops and change as well yeah. the two things so the South Africa thing that you mentioned it is mentioned so frequently that it is almost odd but then again how many players get called up to England squad having never played a game in the Premier League like it probably won't happen again but the other thing that always gets called up is when Chris Waddle said he didn't have a football brain which was admittedly like five six years ago now yeah. but is that is that fair or is he matured into a, a better footballer I think no player that I can remember has split opinion like Theo Walcott I mean like I said I have I sit with Arsenal fans that think he's absolutely fantastic and, and, and Boyd loves him apart. Boy, oh, if Boyd was here we'd yeah. probably have a completely different conversation but yeah some people think he's absolutely fantastic great finisher can scare any defence etc etc and some people think he's the complete opposite he's like you said doesn't have a football brain makes too many mistakes and so on and so forth. He really does split opinion. Funny enough, I was alerted to a tweet today from, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Janan Ganesh, who I believe writes for the Financial Times, um, who said, 10 years since Walcott joined Arsenal, still often lethal, while somehow looking like he's blagging his way through elite football, which, funnily enough, I think sums him up quite well. He, that, that says it to a T. He does sometimes do unbelievable things and can score goals like he did against Man City. He has scored great goals against big teams. And then other times you think, how on earth yeah. is he playing football yeah, seven days a week? I mean, he go clean through on goal. And literally, I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't even go... 
I mean, even 40% chance that he's going to... Because he'll either do the most composed finish and you'll think, that is yeah. class. Or it'll like go out in the corner flag. It's exactly yeah. right. And, that, and that's why... He, he's worked really hard at his game. I think this is something that hasn't been... Yeah, people don't acknowledge enough and don't appreciate enough in that he often would be caught on his heels. He often would be waiting for the ball. He has worked in training so hard. You see his movement. You see his um, he's more available than he's ever been before for, for players. Well, he's putting himself in those situations. I think the Chris Waddle thing, and, and I remember ages ago, again, as some sort of, when I was doing stuff with Beard a Genius, we mocked up this the man with the football in brain, as in the Steve Martin man with two brains thing with Walcott and Chris Waddle. And I was pretty, uh, yeah critical of Chris Waddle uh, and his lack of a brain at all but that comment is ignorant beyond belief it's basically saying that and it's often what I hear, oh, when it's instinctive Theo can do it well a lot of people who have got the hand-eye coordination that he has got and the technical ability can do it and it is sometimes people miss Dennis Bergkamp missed chances yeah. it's, it's people are putting people under the microscope to such an extent now what Walcott gives us isn't the same as what Ozil gives us it isn't the same we are going to get more consistency from certain players than we are from Walcott but we're going to get impact from Walcott and I think that is what we expect every game him to have this like yeah. hat trick hero blah, blah, blah. he's not going to be that thing player as well when Walcott's on the team shit if you're the opposition you'll always be thinking yeah. about that thinking twice about that pace and Leaving space and beyond. The other thing as well, I know Theo didn't put in like a massive shift on uh, Sunday by any stretch of imagination. Well, actually, this season, when he has, I've actually, he has tracked back a lot more because yeah. I was one no, last Liverpool. year, you know, before he got injured and I was like, this, sometimes it's just like, come on, mate, like track back. And actually this season, there's quite a few times when he, he has tracked back a lot yeah. more. The I argument- think he's working on it. I actually believe it. He's probably yeah. someone who, you're right, goes back and, thinks about his yeah. career and works hard. So, yeah, I, yeah, sorry, I was going to say just one very quick thing. The Hector Bellerin Ramsey axis as it was beforehand because there was that sense of we can't play Walcott on the right of playing Jurian Sanchez because Bellerin's a young kid. Bellerin's coming a lot, which is useful. But also Walcott has made a mockery of that often by working hard in tandem with him. And I think possibly it is what we're saying earlier on about the team picks itself. That unconscious, um, I mean, mum would be proud of me because it's not subconscious, it's an unconscious thought. That unconscious thought of, well, I'm in the team anyway, means you don't play to your maximum. And that's what I think Walcott might be guilty of on Sunday, which is he knows with everyone that's out, he's, he's one of the first names on that team sheet. And unconsciously, he will not be as up for it. And it's not in a way his fault. It's just the frailty of the human mind. We, we talk about the fact he's still only 26, even though he's been at Arsenal. When you talk <coughs> yeah. about footballers peaking 27, 28, quite conceivably... Is he a player you can see staying at Arsenal for the rest of his career? I think he'll see, I can see him. You know, there's been a couple of times with the contracts when it's... I mean, the, the last one, certainly, I thought he might be on his way here. But, you know, he's committed to the club. And it would be almost, I don't know, foolish now, especially if he stays injury-free. I don't think we'd be particularly keen to sell him. A lot no. of teams would want him. For all of his critics... You tell me if Finger went right, Theo Walcott's for sale, everyone, given the scarcity of English players and the money that they're going for at the moment, which yeah. is absolutely insane. And he's insane. bright enough to go abroad as well, yeah, which so increases his value. So other big I think that if he stay, I think a big thing for Theo is staying, like, getting a really good season, injury-free, which is, is no, it's not really happened. Well, look, he's yeah, it was already played 24 games this season, so conceivably there's another you know 20-odd games there that, that he could play a part in. I think I think the thing is that I've thought about Walker for a while is that what's he going to offer when his pace goes? 
think. Yeah, he's 26. He's still got a few years of, of still being pretty rapid. But when his pace goes, what is he going to offer? Like you said, Alex, when a defence sees him on the on the, uh, on the the team shoot, they're going to think, all right, we've got trouble here because Walcott's pace will exploit us when he doesn't have that pace. Finger seems to still find a way for players that don't have pace in our in our squad. I mean, there's various ones that we, that we can point to. But with, with who, Walcott... Who, still can, who was, can you point to? Well, I mean, people like, okay, Arteta and Riziki never had it, but, but I mean... That's, yeah, but, but when, but when your main attribute is your pace... His game yeah. might adapt. I mean, there's a, there's a way of adapting a game. And anyway, that is can we, cro- years Can we cross away. that bridge when we come yeah. to it? By the time that happens, we'll have won a couple of European Cups and league titles. Or you can cut your losses and make a decent amount of money on him I'm, it's, it's well what do you want do you want Ebuwe back because that was in the definitely, news this definitely week. not I don't, I don't do know you know what the scary this, thing but... the scariest thing about the Ebuwe thing isn't the fact he said it it's the fact that actually do you know what it's not beyond the realms of possibility really? right we loan out Debushi this month well, we loan out Debushi which I still think is I, I cannot believe we would possibly do that given the fact that Bellerin looks like he's slightly knackered I couldn't care less if Debussy wants to go to the European Championship he's also he's, quite a toxic effect he's having quite a toxic effect on the squad and that's what Wenger's very acutely aware of is that, is that yeah. right okay. yeah. I mean is can that, we I mean, that, it's that balance we want this harmonious positive squad all pushing together to one goal and we got this gripey little bugger in the dressing room demanding to play when actually he's got no rights to play Callum Chambers is, 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 a, is, a, is, a, is a fair yeah he fair struggled reserve. a little bit last season didn't he when he played out right back well, that's my not only as much fear. as Debushi has struggled this season no, yeah, but then, this I, is, I get so what you mean about Debushi being quite toxic because some of the stuff he like that stuff in that I think it was in Le Keep that got yeah, there was some translated quotes. this weekend and he's just like I should never have come here and I felt like and that is absolute bollocks because when you came here you went straight into the team he went straight in. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I felt sorry with the injuries for him. Like the two were just freak injuries. Someone comes in and does better than you, then work your hardest. Don't moan about it. If he was, you know, how old is he now? What, 31? Should he not know better at this stage of his career as a senior pro in that team to know, given the amount of games that Bellerin is playing, one, he'll have a dip in form, and two, he's, you know, he's going to get a bit tired eventually and you will get your chance. And for me, you take it. Yeah, there's no chance he won't play a part in the, in the 20, 25 games. We'll well, I don't know. I, I, by the looks of things, I mean, he wasn't even on the bench for a couple no. of games. It looks like he's on the way out and I couldn't agree then, more with Alex. Well, Sorry, Josh, I was going to say that if we loan him out and don't replace him, it is scandalous. I mean, like if, if Bellerin has a bad, uh, has a bad run of form, not that he's been absolutely fantastic with those picked up a little bit, if he has a bad run of form or more reportedly gets an injury, we've got, Callum Chambers are right back. Bill Way back. On a free. He's available. In, in the past, we've always spoken about like our centre-backs, not having our centre-backs. We have got two centre-backs who could be emergency right-backs at that yeah, but point. Why, why put ourselves in that position? So, but, send because, him out alone, fine, but sign a right-back. Sign a right-back. But I don't, I but don't think we need to. I don't think we need to. Surely if Debussy goes, we do, right? No, because Chambers... No, no other club has got three right-backs in their squad. No, why, why, why would you have three right backs get, in this? If, if Debuchy has to go, but I, I don't understand why he has to go, but if he's toxic, fine. Send him out on loan. Sign on someone else on loan or just sign a right back and when Debuchy comes back, but any, any, anyone but a Bouet because no, quite not, a oh, yeah, yeah, not, I mean, I was, I was joking. <laughs> I, I don't want this to happen. No. It was a bizarre quote. I think the quote he gave the son was, um, you know, it was literally the quote. There was eight words. It was like, I'd love to come back to the Arsenal. And everyone else in response in unison was, I'm sure there's of lots of other people. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's not, not yeah. there for anyone, is he? He's, 
No, he's not. He's he's, he's out of contract. He's completely out of contract. I didn't even realise. Theoretically, he'll probably train with us because Wenger loves an old boy training with us. But and also, he's supposed to be an incredibly funny character. So maybe, but maybe it's worth getting rid of Bushi. But then Abue can come and just be in charge of like taking the players out for a social or something. Well, basically, take over from like mascot. I mean, look, yeah, we don't need like they don't need like comedians in there. If you go and get like McIntyre in to do a quick. Ten minutes before game, then we've got Gunnosaurus. It yeah. works. It I, cheers. I feel like he'd be up. head of like social events, though. He would organise. He's 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 a well-meaning tip. And when he was in our squad, it kind of epitomised the paucity of options we had. I think it's it's a it's a smile to be had to when he said that. But no more, please okay. God, well, no you, more. You say the players get more nervous towards the big games at the end of the season. It'd be nice to have someone like a buoy in the dressing room relaxing everyone. Sure, I'd rather That's have I'd rather have Petacek. Yeah, like if, if you're doing, if people are getting anxious and you, and you want someone, you don't want someone dressing as a lion and jumping out behind you doors. Mean, you, want, you want someone that's won loads of titles and is really back good into in the goal. dressing room. Yeah. And the has put his clothes in the shower. <laughs> he's put his hat in the shower, done like a turd in it, and he's yeah. just like, I mean, who is this guy? He's not yeah. even playing arson. Yeah, I just brought him in to boost morale. Who does he at? We don't need we don't need a cheerleader. We we may need a right back. But, you know how Nigel Mitchell often does a half-time announcement. I reckon if a boy came here, we'd get terrific. It would be the opposite of when he actually played. So he got well, maybe a boy could times. take over from Nigel. So that, 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 yeah. that, 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 yeah. that. Here we go. Nigel, who is due to come on the pod in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I just we are doing out of a job. We want a boy doing the half-time interviews I with mean, Jimmy Carter. Well, it might be audible. A boy interviewing Jimmy Carter and Ian Selly um, <laughs> would be terrific entertainment. Don't yeah, are not talking about I baggage. Think, I think oh. we're in a position where we have to be brutal and hopefully Debussy stays and is our second choice right back but if not I can't see a situation where we don't get another right back because it's just too risky I, 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 I agree with I can't see a situation where we're playing say Man City away in the penultimate game of the season and you've got Koscielny at right back because our second choice right back is Aston Villa that doesn't make sense to me well the thought was originally maybe West Brom which is why Gnabry got sent back because you can't have two yeah. players on loan at the same on club, club yeah. but that doesn't seem to have happened like if it was happened surely it would have done by now and I want to talk about the other fullback Nacho got a new contract yes. this week and Alex he's probably one of the maybe a lot of people would criticise him at the beginning but a shining light in our defence okay, you know I'm the, I'm the same uh, with Ozil I'll ha- hold my hands up and admit that at times I just thought what is going to happen with this guy this club and I, I thought it about Nacho but weirdly enough I thought that what helped Monreal a little bit it kind of changed him he played centre back yeah. a few games and he played really well and he's just carried on that form and he's always solid like you can't deny that he's just he's a good player and the fact that Gibbs looked certain to be first choice for how many years and now when Gibbs plays you're just like oh god do you miss Nacho a little well, he doesn't have a play left back anymore yeah. does he he's not trusted though he's Auxiliary, not auxiliary winger I think yeah, I think Matt Nacho Alex is right that, that period at centre back he obviously possibly worked on his physicality definitely worked on his positioning and maybe or became more aware of the need for positional play in, 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 in our defence more than many um, because yes you do he, he does bomb on similar to Hector on the other side but at the same time he is seen as probably our most reliable defender this season I think, I, I think the likes of our centre-backs who are phenomenal when they're on their game no one can say I've been as consistent as Monreal Monreal has been our most consistent yeah, yeah, and he's definitely deserving of his new contract I agree totally which brings us on I guess to concluding looking ahead to Sunday's game none of us are, I'm never that excited when we play Chelsea because I've got this feeling from the last few years that we just don't win I mean Wenger's record against Mourinho was obviously you know famous so he only got a Chelsea win even with another manager in charge uh, are you confident Ricky going in? 
Fairly, fairly, fairly. I think okay. we've we've got a great chance. Like I said, Erzin Sanchez coming back into that team is yeah. an absolutely massive, massive plus for us. And they are looking better, but still not brilliant. There's no reason why we can't beat I them. I just want to see us, you know, similar to the way we did against United at home, yeah. just go at them from the off. Because I tell you what, if Chelsea concede an early goal, this won't be like Mourinho, Chelsea, yeah. that I've beat, you know, they'll they'll panic. Because they're just not as confident as what they were. And especially, if, you know, if we kind of think, oh, that's, you know, this is Chelsea, let's respect them. Let's just go at them, you know, play sensibly, go at them. A similar way to we did with United. United are in good form when they come to us, you yeah, know, fairly. Yeah, Everyone was going, they weren't conceding a lot. And we just went at them. We didn't play with that fear. United played a very high line as well. I hope that Chelsea, I mean, Chelsea have been stretching the pitch recently to try and sort of, I think negate their their, their flaws um, if they do sense a big game and they want to go at it in a way to play into our hands and if it's a toe-to-toe slugfest at the start we are going to knock them out because we are much much better I don't think I think they'll probably play Matic and Mikel as the two holding midfielders and yeah. I think they'll probably if you gave Chelsea or Chelsea fans a nil-nil draw they'd snap your hand off I think at the moment the way they're going I think they'll probably come for exactly that and it'll be for us to break them down I mean, and they'll re- be niggly if results go if results go a certain way there could be a, only a point of relegation come the end of the, the weekend which is still an indictment of position obviously they're not going down it, it just is it a must win for the title do you think Alex I don't I wouldn't say it's must win because if you look at it even what's the worst that happens you know we lose we and we're only through points, we're, yeah two was it two or three points if we could be two points I yeah think. so yeah. then but at the same time, for the confidence of the team, I'd certainly say if we. I always said that if we came out of these three games having you know got a decent amount of points, then I'd I'd start believing more. Yeah. And I think the players can't be no different. They look at it and they go right. So we've just come off of Christmas. We've got a load of people injured. And we've just top. we've drawn against Liverpool away, Stoke away, and then we've gone and beat Chelsea at home. That to me and is title, that's title winning form. It's a tipping point for me, or it's a potential tipping point. Yeah. Not necessarily even the points gained, it's the position that we'll be in after this run of fixtures. I think if we can win this game, we'll be top. Chelsea will be so far away. We other teams have dropped points. Like we've been so focused on what we're doing, like most fans normally are, that yeah. we've not noticed poor results and other things from other teams yeah, like around. Leicester us. lose like Spurs losing at home to Leicester. No one saw that one coming, did they? City City drawing at home to Everton. Like they've got games that they would have looked on on their like predictors and gone, we'll win that game. Yeah. And they haven't won it. We've got games where I would have probably gone a point will be good out of that and we got a point now that's when you look at Chelsea at home and go right that's three points and three points would be a real springboard for the and what's the interesting season. going into Sunday is like had we won against Liverpool but lost on Sunday the momentum might have been a bit more negative around the ground in a weird way even though we, had a, we would have had a point more the fact that we got what was actually in the end a, a decent point and, and probably fair result on Sunday maybe puts people into a, a slightly better mode well, for Sunday so if so, we'd have won at Liverpool and Stoke we got the six points and then we went and got beat on Sunday you can't tell me afterwards everyone would, be, would have been going but yeah we're still we're alright it would be oh here we go this will be it. it's, it's just, just a men- it's like it. a yeah. mentality thing so before we wrap up Ricky prediction for school Sunday Boyd loves oh, doing score. this I'm not quite sure about it but we'll do it anyway <laughs> um, it's always a sad part because you know the podcast is coming to an end um, 2-1 I think we'll go 2 nil up and William will grab a good goal for them because he always does Gareth is he any good player the bear uh, yeah, um, I, I, I like neither the nickname nor the prediction element, which is why this particular segment is peachy for me. Um, so I would say um, we'll win. I'm not going to give a score because I'm not missing it, Meg, but we'll win. Alex? 
For the sake of going, I think we'll win 2-1. Um, and do you know what? I'll go even further. They'll probably score with about five minutes to go and we'll be crapping ourselves because that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. But if and we... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was actually the Get last right time game? Mystic, was last time game Newcastle, maybe? They did feel that atmosphere in the stadium that it was something big when we yeah, held on to absolutely. that 1-0 win. So we'll hope for the same. I'll go with a 1-0 win for Arsenal. Um, thank you so much, Ricky, for setting up to Pleasure. the psychic role. Gareth, Alex, Pleasure. thank you so Cheers. much. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. We're having three points against Chelsea. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.